I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And especially after seeing Olympia, like, you can tell, like, it really was two against one. Renee, what a great day. A day I've been waiting for for years, a day I've been asking you to facilitate since we started this. My number one guest that I could possibly imagine having has finally sat down with you in Florida to chat. It's Venus Williams. Yes, it is Venus Williams. Yes, we uh, we do talk about the fact that we've been trying to get this done. Um, she has you know, she has spoken to me uh, many times about being willing to do it and was just finding the time and she explains why, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, we finally, finally get Venus Williams on the pod and I'm so excited for everybody to take a listen. I think what struck me about this conversation is, you know, you've known her since she was a child and you talk about that at length and obviously how she's grown and changed and what you've seen and everything that you've told me about who she is as a person setting aside a champion on the court, setting aside a crusader for gender equality, setting aside all the stuff that we know about her, but who she is as a person really, really came through in listening to this. And I'm not going to give too much of it away because people are going to dive in shortly. Parts of her are a little quiet and thoughtful and pensive. And a lot of her doesn't give a single fuck. And I thought that was so cool. Like I wrote for Eurosport in a new column I'm doing last week that Venus Williams has largely been unbothered She's had so much to deal with, but she's been unbothered. And that unbothered sense really came through. She cares about the things she cares about deeply and passionately, but for everything else, she's so good at tuning things out. She's always been a person, Caitlin, no matter how many times I've had conversations with her about, you know, whatever. She just, when she doesn't want to give something um, any energy, she doesn't. And, and and in such a positive way, like it could be about gossiping, gossiping about something or wanting to know X or Y. She's just like, I'm not going to waste my energy on that because I have so much more energy to give in another way. And it comes through, obviously, in the pod. It's always come through to me in life. Like I always want to jabber with something like, oh, come on, you know, give me something more. And she's like, no, actually, I'm just it's just how I feel. Um, so she just is such a positive I, I don't even know how to describe it any better than she's just the most incredibly positive human being literally that I've ever been around there's never a negative that comes out of her mouth or from her body language or anything she just is a consistently positive grateful human being yeah I can't wait for people to listen because everything you've said about her everything that we know about her all shows up here you talk about the film that's coming out about her dad you talk about obviously her early life some of her activism her design it's wide ranging which is what I was hoping it would be and it's just funny because some of the moments in this interview are quiet you know I had to pull up the volume on her um, as opposed to you which I never have to pull up the volume on as you might imagine (laughs) Um, largely because she she goes to this like really introspective quiet place she says something really impactful and then she just keeps moving forward and it's so interesting to hear her literally do that in the tone of her voice yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think it was because the mic was a little closer to me. And she kept kind of like, she kept kind of like slinking more and more back into the couch. So she kept getting further and further away from the mic sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, to be honest with you, Caitlin, I could have sat there for 10 hours. We could have sat there for 10 hours talking about so many things about her life. I could have brought up a million matches that I've watched. I could have brought up a lot more controversial things. Like, you know, when I walk away from interviews, often I'm like, oh, I wish I'd discussed this or I wish I'd talked about that. And, you know, I could have gone into ad nauseum about her career and some even 
you know, difficult stuff that's happened in her life. And, you know, she's had deaths in her family. She's had massive controversy. But, you know, when you're around Venus, you just know she doesn't, and you, and you will figure that out. That's what we've just talked about. She doesn't want to go to the negative. She doesn't want to go back. She's never a person that goes back. So I just felt, you know, as the interview was going on, it was just, let's just always stay in the positive. And she made me stay in the positive throughout this um, uh, pod. And I just, I cannot wait for people just to hear a little bit of her um, and just a little sidebar. She did write me the next day a text and said that was the funnest, best interview that um, she's been involved with. I think it was because she was just being nice. But to be honest with you, it was so nice to sit with her for 45 minutes to an hour. And we spoke for about half an hour even before I pushed record, um, just talking. And I hope everybody enjoys it because I, I constantly and will always say this, I love her so much. I will continue to love her. She's been an amazing ambassador for the sport of tennis. And I just hope everybody enjoys a little bit of little slice of what you're going to hear today. All right, let's let them enjoy it. Thanks, Renee. We have been trying to do this for uh, a number of years. And I just want to say um, to everybody out there listening, we have the great and wonderful Venus Williams on the Racket Magazine pod. Um, v, first of all, I'm in your house and I just want to say it's beautiful. And thank you for joining me. Thank you. I know it's been a year, mostly my fault, but I do have a job. <laughs> so do you, but you have, have several jobs. You have many jobs. And I get overwhelmed and tired, to be honest. So. <laughs> well, and there was no excuse on this one because you realized that I was actually staying with friends about, it's about a three minute drive away. Yeah. So if we were ever going to Did you do drive it, or walk? I drove. Don't give me a hard time. <laughs> it's walking distance. <laughs> it's about a 30 minute walk. Oh, come on. Yeah. Is it? Hmm. How do you walk? Slowly. I'm old. I'm old. I'm 50 now. Um, Anyway, um, one of the things I always talk about, and you probably have completely forgotten about this because you claim that you don't remember much about anything half the time, but I think that's selective (laughs) memory. Um, Do you remember the first time I met you at Pam's event? Uh, No. See? This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) What? I didn't even know where I was. I was like 13. I think you were 12 or 13, yeah. Yeah, I was a giant. You were... I was like 5'11 and yeah, 13 years old. <laughs> and I hit with you and I hit with Serena at Pam's event. And I remember Pam said to me, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. It's but, hard to know at that age. It's really hard to know. Yeah. Exactly. I don't remember if I was good or not. I got good a little bit later. Like at least a year later, I guess I got a lot better. I think you got a lot better. Yeah. Uh, because I, I you were know. like 12. So it wasn't that difficult. Um, <laughs> it wasn't difficult to get much better after being 13. Um, I, I want to know when you first came out, because you didn't play, obviously, juniors. You played, you know, you were oh, hitting with kids at your age. But when you came on tour, like, how eye-opening was that for you? How eye-opening was that for me? I didn't even know where I was. So, like, that's why I don't remember. I didn't know where I was. I didn't even know how draw worked. I just knew that I did what I did in practice. And it was pretty simple for me. So oblivious. So I think that made it easy. Like in what way? Um, like for example, I played Indian Wells one year, and this is I didn't really play when I turned pro. You know, I didn't play much, but I finally played Indian Wells a few years later. And I remember Chandra Rubin asked me, "Where are you in the draw?" And I said, "I'm in the middle." I didn't understand if there was up a, a top and a bottom. You know, so those things like my parents didn't teach me. It was more about like learning to play, developing your game making the right play so that way you can be great one day. So there was like no emphasis on winning or anything, even though we played to win. It's hard to describe. Wow, that's so fascinating. So it yeah. wasn't about, so... Oh, it was about doing the right thing and being execute the right thing. And if you do that, you will win. So it wasn't about winning. It was about, I guess, the process. So maybe they were process-driven. Wow. You just realized this? I didn't think about it. <laughs> They're just mom and dad. I don't think about mom and dad are process-driven and they believe in design thinking or Wow, that's yeah. so fascinating. I'm, I always say that to people um, that I talk to now that have kids about that are about 12, 13, 14. And I always say to them, um, don't worry about the wins and losses now. You won't even remember them back then. What you will remember is that they developed their game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you later on. But now that we're on the subject, what were the most important things that both of your parents taught you um, individually? On the court? Yeah, on and off the court. Um, 
my dad really insisted on um, a big game because unbeknownst to me, Serena was like a, a, a slicer and dicer growing up. When she was little, she wanted to drop shot and slice and serve a volley. And my dad said, no, hit the ball. So I'm glad he told her that because she can hit the ball hard now. But her nature was like completely different, but it makes sense with her personality, right? Totally. Slice, dice, drop shot. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know about slice and dice and drop shot. I don't know about yeah. the drop shot, although she does like to still do she that. She liked now. to drop shot. She was a different player. So my dad, like, kind of, you know, created this new game of, like, power, and, you know, we only played offense. We could play defense, but it wasn't – we were playing offense even when someone would be playing defense. So it was, you know, it was, like, this whole new thing. So, yeah, my parents never put pressure on us to win. I never felt like I had to win for them or anything. So I think that in itself was great because it allowed me to just be, mm-hmm. and, then that, and then you got better because of that. But off of the court, definitely just um, – really grounded because, you know, you know, we just have like a very strong spiritual faith and background. So that's the most important thing my parents gave to me. But so, I mean, so many things, like just as Olympia's here, it's like, oh my God, like my parents were so smart. Like, how do I impart some of that knowledge onto them? You can't do it all in one day. So now I, now I really appreciate it now that she's here. I'm like, okay. So. Wow. I mean, this is why I love doing this. Honestly, because I've known you for... Yeah, but we don't chat about, like, what are the best lessons? We're like, yeah, so did you hear about so-and-so? You know? yeah. Well, that's true. Let's not tell people what we really talk about. Oh, right. Let's no, but I, I, I'm always so fascinated by what develops a person as a human, as well as a tennis player, and what makes them a great tennis player. But you, um, yeah, you did say, I mean, you and Serena are so different personality-wise. How did that... Um... That's so interesting because everyone says that, but I'm like, all I see is how we're the same, you know? <laughs> you, you, like, do you see that? That's all I see is how we're the same, you know? And I I know that I guess we're different, but... I think what the only... Because the, the, the personality that people see is on the court, right? Mm-hmm. I see you both off the court and then I see the similarities between the two of you. You're both so fun-loving and funny and joke around and your kids and... I mean, one of the most remarkable moments for me was before the last final that you played in the Grand Slam and I was in the same locker room as you two and you're in the in front of the mirror and you're both doing your hair and you're, like, making yourself look good before you go on the court and that, and you're chatting away and I'm like, you're about to go and play a Grand Slam final. So, yeah, I think people still, like, are waiting for, like, what do you call it, the ball to drop or whatever? Like, we don't need each other. You know, like, they're, like, still waiting. Like, it's, like, actually can be further from the opposite, you know. Can you take me back to that final, actually? Because I remember I was courtside for that match, and I remember one of the most distinct things that I remember about that was doing the the coin toss, and you were smiling, and you were so just, you were so happy to like have this moment again and give it everything. And Serena was so stoic, like. And I remember the photo that was taken at the net. And you had the biggest smile on your face and you had your arm around Serena and she had both her arms next to her side. <laughs> it was like, I, I, you're just another person. You're just another person. And you are standing there with this like very open, loving arm around her as the big sister caretaker. Is that like a feeling that you get when you go on the court with her? Um, I mean, I, I, it's a Grand Slam final, so I'm, I am focused, you know, on trying to win the match. So. Yeah. Regardless of if I'm smiling or not, I am there to play tennis. Yeah. So, and then, you know, other stuff is the other stuff. Oh, well, explain to me how hard that is, though, to actually play in such an incredibly important, you know, career moment for you, but have to actually play against someone you love more than anybody in the whole world. Yeah, I mean, I want to win, but I obviously want the best for her, too, because she's a big sister, so... It's a moment, and you just got to realize it is a moment, and years from now, you want to just know that you gave your best regardless of if you're her sister or not, because mm-hmm. you don't get those moments all the time. Even as many times as I've had that moment, and she's had that moment, those moments are still special every time, so you have to treat it that way no matter who it is. And mm-hmm. If you can just see it as a game, then yeah, it's amazing. Um. In that match, obviously, we all found out later on that she was pregnant. Yes, and, and I would like to say it was unfair. Yeah, two against one. Yes, I'm. I'm still trying to get that, you know, trophy. Um. 
I know where you can find it, and especially after seeing Olympia, like you can tell, like it really was two against one. Hundred percent. I mean, her little body is like she a has baby. the best athletic body I've ever seen in my life. Like she puts me in to shame. It's insane. Yeah. So it's yeah, crazy. I feel that you were totally. <laughs> you're justifiable in feeling like you got robbed there. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. Thank you. It's not fair, but but the thought that you knew she was pregnant. I mean, well. She didn't tell me, but I knew. So how? Do you know? I'm, I know my sister, and she would say she said something here and there in jest. But I'm like, it's calling my mom. So even though she didn't tell me, I knew. Well, I remember after the match when she or did she tell me? No, I thought she told you. Maybe she did. She did. Maybe I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, maybe it was because before she told me, I knew. I know that before she told me, I kind of like was like, oh, okay sense so i don't remember actually now like four years later what what the time was i thought she was being a good girl because i said after yeah she actually won. yeah i def- i did know i think i knew yeah okay whatever so, i mean <laughs> i'm still you, lost damn it <laughs> you're still you're standing up there at the trophy going oh my god like she's holding this trophy up and i know in a, like nine months time she's gonna have a little baby i mean it must it was that must have been crazy you know i am i don't remember the details i don't know what i was thinking at that time i know I love that. The, <laughs> I know that you didn't. You, you've said to me in the past that you don't really necessarily love kids, but is that changed now because of it's her? definitely softened me up because oh. I was definitely like a I don't know wicked stepmother, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> horrible. So it's definitely softened me up a ton. But you know, am I ready to have my own kids? No, I'm just so I barely can take care of myself. My coach brings me water, brings me extra pair of shoes in case I forget something. So yeah, am I ready to have a kid? No thanks. All right, because that was something that's you know people were writing me on Twitter wanted to know about no, you and having kids. I just, I'm just, it's a lot of work. It's the most important job you have in the world, and and I'm still so self-centered, even though I'm not a selfish person. But as an athlete, you are self-centered. Yes, I say it all the time. Tennis players are very selfish. Was very, it? very. Oh. The worst. <laughs> I'm the best of the worst. <laughs> you're pretty good. You're pretty. You're pretty good. Pretty good. What? what how important was it for you, like going through your entire career and still going? Oh my god! Do you remember? You guys used to give me so much shit that I was still playing tennis. I'm no, like, actually, I encouraged you to keep going. I said, "Don't give it up." I remember being in the training room, and you saw me in the training room. You're like, "You're still playing?" <laughs> well, come on, I have to. Joking, <laughs> yes, but I was like, "Don't stop," because you were thinking about stopping. I was like, "No, keep going." I know. Well, I keep having to play you guys in the semis. And but I, I think though, like you were injured, and then like after you retired, you're like, "Now I feel better." Yeah, it's well, always like it, that. It doesn't know. It goes downhill quickly. Actually, your body starts falling apart. Really, huh? I'm gonna like just get seriously into into lifting after I play tennis. What? I like weights, but you know when you're when you are playing tennis, it's very difficult because you like you can train and you train those six weeks. And then you go on tour and you can't be lifting weights no. and you're on tour for six weeks. And so you can never really keep yeah. that, those gains or you can't yeah, let yeah. them go back and lift the same as you were. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm actually like, I don't like cardio. I love weights. And so I'll like, I'll I'm, definitely be lifting a lot more weight. I'm with you on that. I don't <laughs> like cardio either. I'm like, uh, I'd rather like lift. But if you do it correctly, you can get your heart rate up. And you'll be it's fine. true. Um, Take me back to the um, match with Lindsay that you won at Wimbledon. Oh, 2005? She played better than I did. <laughs> I will say that. Wow. Yeah. That was not the question I was going to ask, but oh. why do you why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because <laughs> I saw the match later on. Every time that match is on, my dad calls me and says, your match is on. I don't know how you know this. like he has a radar to when that match comes on. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, okay. And sometimes he'll show it like a few days in a row and he'll call me every day. It's on. Come on. And so I'll watch it and I'm like, crap, she played better than I did. But I was just scrappy that day. Was I scrappy. wasn't playing that great looking back and I just wouldn't die. I was like that cat with nine lives or like the zombie. I just wouldn't go away and somehow. So yeah, I feel like she deserved to win that match. That's tough though because when you feel like, and I just realized I guess she got a little hurt at the end or something. Uh, something happened think, to her back, I guess. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I can't. I don't know for sure. I didn't even see that when I was playing. So yeah, it looked well, like maybe she tweaked something. Or maybe her SI went off. I don't know. I don't, yeah, she de- she definitely had she had knee or back problems um, throughout her. Career. It was kind of towards the very end of the match. So yeah, maybe she still played well, but it was it was one of the I'm great not matches. ideal. Yeah, absolute great matches of Wimbledon's history, but. 
you also were like, was that the year you were fighting for equal prize money as well? That's when it kind of started. So how tough was that period of time for you as well? And like having to put that extra, as you know, we just said, tennis players are selfish. Tennis players are selfish. So (laughs) why do this very unselfish thing? Um, I I think it was no, no, it was no extra burden, to be honest. What are you going to do? Say, well, I got to play my match, so still sit here and not get paid the same. So it didn't feel like any extra burden. It was the right thing to do. Uh, honestly, this is a great opportunity for me to be a part of something that I really love. Like You think, okay, I'm going to grow up and play tennis and maybe win Wimbledon, but you don't think that you're going to be able to grow up and do something like that, you know? Yeah. So have a legacy. Yeah, I mean, legacy is great, but that's like serious so. you're making a change for the betterment of your future yeah your own future and, who, you and know, everyone else's. i don't think you are thinking about that at the time you're just like man this is not right like i don't this is this sucks i hate it let's do something about it you're not thinking about this will be my legacy when we grow, yeah. you know when yeah. we get an award or something you know? yeah so, so. I, I guess what's ironic about that is winning the title and knowing that Every time this happens now. Cha-ching! Cha-ching! No. <laughs> You're thinking, at least I'm getting the same as those guys. Yeah, I planned it that way. No, it was a great moment, and Billie Jean was in the audience. Yeah. And it, was, it was just a great, harmonious moment for everyone, probably except Marion, who won a few years later. But like yeah. when you lose it, you're like, you, it's not a great moment. So no. everyone was happy, and it was, it was definitely full circle. It happened a lot sooner. Yeah. After like 40 years of rejection. Yeah. Well, and then you got to reap those benefits going forward, right? Yes. And I just feel like I want to collect a percentage on everyone's check after that. (laughs) 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 I'm going to petition for that. That should have been like the clause in there. Like, yeah, I need 10% of everybody. (laughs) 10% is a lot. Come on. Let's go with two. Let's start. What? Well, you know, come on. Uh, uh, well, so it's, it's funny because someone asked, you know, I told, you know, a couple of people that I really respected that, that I was getting the privilege of talking to you today um, for this. And someone said to me, you know, I want to know beyond a tennis player, is there a mo- moment or a decision that you felt like you had, that it, it empowered you as a female, as a as an African-American woman, where you were like really stepping out and being this empowering figure outside of just tennis was there a moment where you're like i understand now that I, i'm actually more than just a tennis player i think that moment maybe is still coming <laughs> i mean i don't know i mean as a tennis player you gotta earn your you earn your keep every single time just with any other work or job you know so you have to stay in the moment if you start basking in some sort of you know pretend world that's doesn't exist anymore. That was the past. Like you won, but it's over. So let's get with today. And so I'm, I'm super focused on on that moment. But I think if anything, just the empowerment for me came from my parents growing up. You know, there was no option other than to be confident, to be strong, and to be all those different things. So I think those value yourself. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I don't understand any other way. I get it that there's a lot of realities out there. And don't but and and sometimes you don't value yourself in in ways that you you should and when you're trying something new or maybe you failed and you figured you don't value yourself the same but yeah those moments came as a child so I guess those you know was a twofold answer yeah yeah um because it's weird to me like the whole fame thing I'm not I don't I don't chase it at all so um masks are the best thing that ever happened I actually can engage with people and have conversations on a human level, you know. And when I, everyone's got a mask on, when I have a mask on, you know, nobody knows anything about me, and I, I love that. I'm never not going to wear the mask, so I'm going to yeah. always be like, you know, like there's probably going to be still be people who wear the mask, you know, for sure. And I'm going to be wearing a mask wherever I go. Celebrities are loving the mask because yeah. they can actually walk around in public and not really be as noticed and as kind of yeah and actually talk to people yeah or have just talk you know and just connect and you know that 
I'm grateful, obviously, know. but it's, you know. No, I don't know, because I'm not famous. So. Well, I mean, you know, you like to talk with people, and you connect with people very easily. So just imagine never actually being able to do that, ever, because of, yeah. Always wondering what people want. Even me. though people are connecting to you because of this thing, but you're kind of like, you don't get to connect back in a way because you're not actually that thing that they think you are. Even though, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just a person. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really cool to just be up at home goods and just chat with somebody. You know what I mean? Like, home goods is your place. <laughs> well, that's kind of where it first started. Like, in, in quarantine, I had my mask on. I went out and I was like, well, it, 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 it must be hard for you too because you, you're not exactly this little person that can just walk in and sort of kind of oh my giant i mean you're six <laughs> six, six two, one african-american six, woman you know it's not like you're just gonna, it's not like you just kind of slink two, into a crowd like just me <laughs> i mean you're like i'm a giant you and i have been out a few times uh in general just to have fun and you're like you know want to talk to me i'm like because you're very intimidating and you're not exactly someone that people can't recognize i mean it's like you walk into a room and it's like oh boom venus williams you know and i can't imagine like i can't imagine going through life having to just what you talked about like it's you know some fame is great but it's there there are down sides yeah i definitely am not one of those people that are like know where dignity and function is anymore definitely not that but it's not something that i pursue at all it's just a part of so how do you use win that? the match you know? yeah of course <laughs> but how do you use that in, in in regular life to say okay it, it is what it is and i'm going to embrace it and i'm going to use it um, for, for the good I, mean, I would definitely say on dinner reservations it definitely helps but i never call myself i'll ask someone else to call because it's just cringeworthy for me to call and be like well it's for me and it's just but i'll be like can, can you call <laughs> So I would say that's where I've really benefited the most during dinner reservations. So, or, or every now and then, like I wanted to see this um, dermatologist. She's African American, like the only one that kind of specializes in African Americans here in Florida. And you know, called the office. They What's her name? In. Maybe getting Heather Woolery, MD. And I just had to DM her. I was like, I need to come in. Like my skin's going crazy, and like that was like you know. So every now and then there's moments like that, but you, I don't really like. You drop the. I'm not out there every day. No, like, do you know who flex. I am, sir? Whatever. Someone did that to me once. It was dumb as well. Not you, but she. She goes to you, not like yeah. yeah. No, she wanted to play with you. She didn't. I was like 15 years old, and did you ask her to play? She comes up to me. She's like, "Hey, how are you? You want to play doubles with me?" I was like, "No, no, thank you." know who I am one of my biggest regrets I was I was a kid today I would have been like no refresh me but I was 15 and I was like no I was like yeah I do it's like a time machine I go back to that moment not any other just that one you don't want to disclose who it was no but you probably know who it was (laughs) I'm gonna take a guess oh I do it now I'll do it later (laughs) then I get people tweeting me she doesn't want to play with me like looking back like, she had a partner, I'm sure. She's at the tournament already. Like, so she had a partner, and at the time, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. You don't come to the tournament without a partner, unless, you know, you're just, like, hoping to get in. So she, I'm sure she had a partner. She was highly ranked. They probably, like, had been playing together for years. I don't know. Anyway, funny story. Oh, my God, that's funny so classic. Story. Well, then you just had to play with Serena and, you know, win 14. I mean, that wasn't qualifying. I Is it 14 that you guys Julie Hillard that year. I got through qualifying. I lost first round to Julie. It seemed like the toughest match. You just kind of like two, three, or whatever. And played her a few years later and lost that match. Was, you crushed her. It was terrible. You crushed her. You probably played her three times. Oh my God, you're hilarious. I think that's great. Well, then you ended up just having to sign up with Serena and you know, hope for the best, right? Well, I remember when we played our first tournament and everyone was saying, oh, good luck, have fun. And we're looking at each other like, we're about to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, hey, have a good time. We we played Martinez and Tara Beebe in the first round. They were like seated. Where? Was a Do you remember? Indian Wells. Oh. Long, dramatical match. And somehow we ended up winning. And like, yeah, we, we, I feel like we lost to you, didn't we? No. Uh, oh, I don't know. But I, we got to the quarters, I feel like, when we lost to... 
I don't know. We be maybe it was Lindsay. I don't know. It was somebody. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll try and find it out. I'll, I'll put it out. It was someone. You lost to Lisa and I in Stuttgart when we were there. Um, we played you in Fildestadt, remember? That's probably like the only time we'd ever played against you, though, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was my only win against you, and well, I went we down every time really? after that. Oh, you yeah. took full revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. One ah. after the other, after the other, after oh that, and I was like... Mm-hmm. Let it go. It's ruining my friendship. I know. It's not. It's not. Um... Talk to me about um, the Shogun's when you discovered that. Like how, first of all, how crazy it was, and how did you even know to say oh, I'm tired or what was going on? Um, I just basically had to get you know to the point where I couldn't play anymore to you know get a diagnosis, which is I think pretty typical for most people going through some sort of autoimmune disease. The, the, the typical diagnosis is about seven years. So, um, yeah, that was my journey and. I never look back or whatever it is. It's part of, I guess, you know. And how did the, like, you had to change your diet and everything like that? Like, a lot of people ask me, you know, how did that yeah, affect you? I, I do bad at it sometimes, so whatever. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm human. I'm a human that loves junk food. And so I don't know how to switch that, that off unless I just move to Antarctica or something. And apparently there's no house. So. No. I unless you're a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Did, did that give you a little bit of, um, I don't know, impotence to when you discovered that and started trying to get control of it and to play as long as you have? Do you think it actually helped or? Actually, yeah, I think so. I think so. I probably would have not played as long had that not happened. But anyway, it's a good job. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the questions. It is really good insurance for the WTA. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. It's so good. It's so good. Especially for players, you're like in an MRI every other month and like you don't get a bill. It's like, it's great. Oh, my God. I, I tell that to everybody. One. You have free physiotherapy, you have free massage, and you have great health insurance. Keep playing. That's why I played till I was forty as well. I mean, I know. I'm, and then I'm, I had to I'm find my own insurance. One day that like you that we they can extend that to. Isn't that isn't that how it works in other associations? Health insurance. They extend it to their retired players, and there's benefits for them. That would be great if they did that, but no. I've searched for my own health insurance over the last five years. Yeah, I can't retire because I got to keep that insurance card. So. <laughs> Here's the things that we don't realize about right? the tour life. <laughs> tour life. Um, what was the toughest, if there was one match that you could go back to? You can't go back. Go forward. Yeah, I think Jay-Z said that in one of his songs. Lost one, my favorite Jay-Z song, randomly. So you can't go back, got to go forward. So. And it's funny that you say that because um, some people I would say, come on, this has to be one match. But I actually really believe that with you. Yeah, I don't dwell. I think that's, would you say that's your greatest asset? Maybe, yeah. I'm kind of, um, nothing really ruffles my feathers. So I think that definitely helps in life as an athlete and just life with COVID and life as, you know, an entrepreneur, you got to be able to not get too ruffled. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Serena's pretty similar. Pretty, yeah, 
I think like when our when she was getting married and you know most people aren't stressed out and it's like yeah I've kind of played in the Grand Slam final I've like been down you know like this is nothing compared to that so mm-hmm. yeah how does that affect you um, with your businesses um, because I mean you have a lot of hats a lot you know you yeah. have eleven your clothing line you yeah. have V Star uh, designs did I get that right yeah V Star yeah. Um, like, how, how do you manage all of that? And... I have a great team, and I really love them. I get really, yeah, it's a romance, and I hope they never leave me. But <laughs> if they do, hopefully they've left stronger and better and more skills. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what I like, is to be able to do that. Um, and, yeah, it's just really that great team. I think it's just love for what you do. Definitely being able to win a little bit helps to fuel you. Mm-hmm. Losing nonstop go out of business and also it's exhausting so being able to do that is also helpful but I, I literally love design so yeah there you go is that here we are yeah design. we are in this beautiful home yes my style is very weird my mom hates everything in here she cannot understand why like this chandelier she was like what does that mean why is everything the same color and I was like that's what I want I inherited this old house, so I just try to work with it, you know, not fight against it. Like, like let's just go retro. I don't know if you inherited it. I think you bought it. <laughs> I bought it, but it's like old, you know. Yeah. So, but it's beautiful. It's you. It's very calm. Thank you. I think that's the one thing that I want people to understand about you the most is that well, I everybody knows how much I love you um, because I pretty much say it all the time, um, no matter what. I'm always like, if there's somebody that I want good for, all the time it's you. Because oh, you just you. constantly are giving it out. It's, you, you know, obviously people think they know you, but they don't really know you. No. You know, what, yeah. what would be the one thing that you would want them to know about you? It was the one somebody asked me on Twitter. You yeah. know, so I'm sure that Venus gets asked, she's been asked every question in the world. Mm-hmm. What would be one question that someone could ask you? Where you? Yeah. Well, I think people only get to see one side of me, which is like a very competitive side and also like a very calm and chill side. But I'm a straight fool. So, like, <laughs> I mean, and, like, it's just crazy. I'm, I'm just crazy. And on court yesterday, I was saying to my coach, I said, I should just be like this in my match. I'm like, people would be shocked. And he's like, you should. And I was like, oh, maybe. And what I'm is like, that? What is that on court? Like, what were you doing in practice yesterday? I was just fooling around. Like, I'm actually much closer to a multi. Like, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, you are. I've seen it. I've seen it when you're joking around. No, not that it's crazy, but I'm just like very, very much in the moment and just very much alive and like whatever I feel like doing at that moment, I just do. But I'm not really like that in tennis. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of a machine, but, you know, I've been thinking about like letting that side come out. But also I don't want, I don't ever want that side to be misconstrued as like unsportsmanlike either. Because like if you hit a winner and you just want to like have fun, I think that's great, but a lot of people will be oh, like, so, oh, it's like celebrating. Like, yeah, but like, you know, if you lose a point, you know, let it out. Or if you win a point, you're like, yes. <laughs> or like have a smile. Finger or like shooting. Look across the net and like, you know, or whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It's just like, you know, you enjoying your moment and competing and just like letting the emotions come out. And it's like, can, can I give you full permission to be this? Yeah. People when you play? Think, like, wow, now she's a jerk. I'm not a jerk. I'm just alive. <laughs> you know? So you're basically saying if you could allow yourself to play in the spirit of you as a 12-year-old, you would love that. Uh, I am a 12-year-old. That's what I mean. Yes. But, but sure. <laughs> I, I said to you before we started this interview, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want anybody out there that hears this podcast that is in media or is a player that votes for you for the Karen Kransky Award because I'm so sick and tired of the fact that you've played for 20-plus years on tour and you never got the Karen Kransky Award. Yeah. And for people out there that don't know this, this is the Sportsmanship Award for the WTA that's given out. Yeah, and, and I was like, well, how do you even get it? You didn't even know. You're like, what is that? You have no idea because you don't pursue those things because it's not important. It's not – I shouldn't say it's I'm, not important I guess I'm unsportsmanlike. No. Is, it's just going to get worse from here on out. I just want you to get, I mean, the things that you've been through on the tennis court and you are always like, even if it's just like challenging Paul, I'm like, well, if she's challenging then she's right because you just are such a good sport, you know? 
I mean, so I want you to get that award, so I'm putting that out there. And if you don't, I'm going to make my own award for you. Thank you. I'm going to call it the racket. Use only the best construction paper. I mean, and then there was me, <laughs> who was completely the opposite of you on the court. <laughs> so I know a good sport. I was a good sport. I was just crazy. I just remember you, like, blowing up once, didn't you? Once. Well, I just remember you got, like, a wild card to the NBA. Maybe you were playing Mariana Lucic. Do you remember that match? Yes. You went crazy. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at it like, what is going on? What is wrong with her? But also, it was also with the respect too. Like she really spent some love of herself. You know what I mean? Like that's you cute. weren't there just to like. See, you always turn everything into a around. positive. You were like there to like. You had this intensity, and you were there to like. You know, well, it was yeah. like both. Like it was mesmerizing on both ends. <laughs> You know what was funny about that? It was that was that whole situation when Mariana Lucic made the finals of the Australian uh, semis when she played yeah, Serena. Yeah. And when she won her quarterfinal to make the semi, I went out there to do the post-match interview. Mm-hmm. And she had told me the week before, after she won her first round, which was an incredible win for her in three sets against Wang Chong. And I said, well done yesterday. And she's like, yeah, thanks. You know, that's the first match I've won here in 19 years. I'm like, no way. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, what? How have you not won a match in that time? You know, because she's a great player. And she's like, yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, all of her trials and tribulations with her life. But she goes, yeah, and you know who I'd be? And I was like, no, who? Thinking she was going to play, you know, say Steffi or like Martina or she goes, you. I was like, oh, my God. So the last (laughs) match she played here and won was against me, 19 years, and that was that match. Unbelievable. Yeah, so that's why she cried in that because it was such a – I was hung over doing that interview. As, Ooh, yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. I know. Uh, can we actually talk about post-match and pre-match interviews? Can you tell me why? Because I want to know this for myself. Why are you the worst pre-match interviewer? Because I'm in a zone. I don't really care about that question. <laughs> and I'm going to say that next time when I get in a pre-match interview. It's like, I just want to be cute. I don't care about this question because i got to play a match. Now, this question is a softball question. It don't make sense and it's stupid. <laughs> And you're wasting my time. (laughs) You know, it's like the speech at the end of Shawshank when Morgan Freeman says, fill out your paper, whatever. Frankly, I don't don't know what he says or what's in Scarlet O'Hara. Frankly, I don't give a damn. All those moments. It's going to be all those rolled up into one. Oh, my God. I love you so much. Because I'm already already on the court by the time I've answered that question. I'm already playing the match. You're already in the pool and you don't care. Even Even though it's me. It's okay. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, the, sorry. The, best, <laughs> the best part about it is that uh, you're next uh, time I'm gonna like give you a hard punch on the shoulder be like Renee boom no. how you doing can I go now <laughs> no next time I'm just gonna have you when you walk up to me I'm just gonna go on you go <laughs> on you go yeah. Just go. Just keep walking. And I'm going to do the guns. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, that's great. So thanks for that. That's good to know because you and Serena definitely take the cake for the worst pre-match interviews. When we get the roster for the day and they're like, have, it, have me down doing pre-match for you or Serena, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and we're friends. I'm glad we're able to communicate about this time for real. Yeah. Open, honest, <sighs> I can breathe now it's knowing it's just not about me. That's <laughs> great. Thanks. Um, could you imagine that this is like ended up being your life though? If you go back, yeah, you you saw this, right? Well, I'm very grateful. First of all, um, I think it was what I was meant to do. I really do. I don't know if you feel that way too. But yeah, it's what I was meant to do. And then I'm grateful for my parents and the opportunity, but at the same time. You know, you slog it for a million years doing other stuff. And as a tennis player, you, you, you're you you're like a machine. Yeah. There's moments like, you know, yesterday I went out and I had a drink with a friend. And at those moments, you just feel like, man, this is nice. nice. And then, you know, months later, you may not have another one. So even though I feel grateful, it's also like, yeah, hell yeah, I earned this. Yeah. Like, I deserve to be here. And this is not by chance. It's just by chance that I was born in a home where I had an opportunity to do so, but the rest is not by chance. So can you, uh, so, you know, one thing about your parents um, and particularly your dad, is there something that you feel like your dad didn't get enough due for? I don't think he's got enough due for changing the game. Like, Sunita and I, we went out there and we played, but it was really him who had all these big ideas and why we played the way we played and why everyone else is playing the way they play, play right now is, you know, because of us, you know. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I think we were like the first ones hitting men or women's tour, like full time open stance backhands, like in any position, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all my dad. How do you feel about the movie being made? Will Smith playing your dad? Um, I actually haven't seen the. Um, Wait, did you guys have anything? I to haven't do with seen it? The, the, the. My sister went out to see it, my older sister, last week, I think. So. How do you guys feel about it? Like, did you have any, like, um, say in it or do you feel like it's representing you and him and I mean I haven't seen it yeah <laughs> so I, I got to go to the set twice um, I've read the script when I read the script it was um, moments I forgot about that I was laughing at like this is so I was literally like laughing and the mother moments like I was actually like, like teary eyed oh. I don't remember you know I don't remember but uh, I, I think one example is like my dad would tell people, and you, you, you know, I'm not raising no dumb athlete, and my my girls are gonna be here while you while we're dead and gone, and I'm not. And he would just like, and I was like, shoot, I forgot. Like it was just like so funny, but he was like right, but it, in such an extreme way. Do you and, think? Do you, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So the, those moments, and I, I don't remember like the rest, but like some of those moments, I just had forgotten about. Do you think that if you look back on the way um, you came into this tennis world, because obviously I was there front and center, I saw it all. I mean, I was on tour and your dad was so adamant. He was so vibrant and so matter of fact (laughs) and at times a little crazy. And I mean, the scene of him like jumping onto the roof at Wimbledon, like if you as an adult now also not as a mom, but certainly as, you know, an aunt now, you know, you've seen how parents can and want for their children. Like, do you go back to that and go, I, I wish my dad hadn't been so outspoken and that, or are you so happy? I know that's a hard question to ask because you, you've turned into this amazing, yeah. you both, your whole family, it's just, you're so remarkable. But Yeah, I didn't really care. He got to do whatever he wanted to do. It didn't really matter to me. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest at the time I didn't I didn't care so. do you feel like that though like when uh because it was such a it was such a change for the tennis world to have these two incredible athletic incredible tennis players black women come out right. and just light the world on fire on the tennis world and it was not what they were used to yeah actually I was I never saw it that way but I actually kind of got a glimpse into that because I'm just me, yeah. and you know, regardless of who I am or where I came from or what color, that's just me. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it any other way, but I was on YouTube the other day, and this match came up. Um, suggesting because I swear the phone like is totally it's listening, listening to you, right? Yeah. And I was talking to my coach about um, the '99 French Open final. It was like that's my first final, and I written a post about it on Instagram. So of course it comes up on YouTube. So I click on it and then I end up getting to like me playing in the um, finals in, in Miami in 1998. And I, I, then I actually saw it. I was like this, you know, black woman child with beads. And I was just so different. And like, I actually saw it for the first time. And I'm, and then I thought, Oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't know I was so different. And maybe that would have, I wouldn't have cared knowing me, but <laughs> At the same time, you know, maybe it would have been, you know, overwhelming. Not overwhelming, but it would have made you more self-conscious, maybe. I don't know, but I'm just glad I didn't realize it. Yeah, being the me that I am, I didn't care. I didn't care then, and I don't care now. And but <laughs> and I'm I'm I'm, pro- I'm sure Serena <clears throat> probably felt the same way. But what? I never asked her. How did you? We just think we were like, oh my god, our style was just awful. But really? Horrible, but thankfully we've matured. Well, and realized that that's actually not. It's actually fantastic. No, at the time I had terrible styling. I was awful. And like, I think I was like, why did my mom, but then again, my mom was probably struggling a little too. Her haircut at the time was a little challenged. <laughs> so we were all struggling. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, maybe you should like tell your kid to like not do that. I guess part of it is just letting them be who they are at the time, even if it's awful. 
that's so. I remember that moment at the Australian Open when the beads are on the court, and I have seen. I don't know where I saw that recently as well. And you were so. Apparently, it's trending. You you got a warning for it or something, and and then you're like, what? I and I, you were so upset, and I remember that moment, and you were like really upset, upset. Like you felt like there was such an injustice going on in the t- tennis court uh, because you had these things that were falling out of your hair. But for you, you're like, I'm not trying to do anything. But you think about that, you were so young. It's like, why would you think that anyone would do anything to hurt anyone? Right. Well, I'm glad I stood up for myself. I mean, yeah. all you have to do is just like freaking take the thing off the court. Like people's hair pins fall all the time and other pieces. So, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I yeah. stood up for myself. It was a moment. Yeah. It's just like, how do you how do you feel about being such? I mean, I mean, I've asked I ask you this quite often in post match interviews because I'm I'm always I'm so proud of like you guys um, in everything in general. But like, how awesome is it for you to see all these young black girls? And you think about someone like Coco. I mean, that match, even though it didn't go your way, is so. It was so beautiful to see that moment when she shook yeah, your hand she and said, really "I am." Well. She but, played awesome. but it was the moment of the shaking of the hand when she's like, "I just like," you know that 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 moment was so poignantly beautiful in some respects because this kid who has looked up to you so much in her life and modelled a lot of her game after you. I mean, her backhand, you know, on the run, it's like opens the whole thing, right? And her dad would have watched you and Serena and watched. The way your father took you two to being the best two players in the yeah. world. I mean, is that a leg? Is that a legacy that you can actually at, at least look back and go? I hope that was part of what we've done for yeah, this sport. I love seeing people doing positive things with their lives and just uh, seeing, you know, even at all sorts of levels. Just sometimes at the junior tournament the other day, you know, there's so many African American young boys and girls playing collegiate level, and that's great too. But of course, you know, there's lots of people I've impacted, and um, I definitely am African-American, but also at the same time, you know, there's so many other people I've impacted too, and that's more than what you think about as a kid. You're just trying to get out there and get something for you, you know, so that's great. Um, and also what's really interesting is the phenomena, phenomena of all the people, all the dads that want to be like Richard Williams. <laughs> like all these people out there like trying to be you know the next Richard Williams which is impossible unless you're willing to be be you know crazy as a fox and I, I think most people just don't have the guts but frankly my dad didn't give a damn so uh in that instance you know so I have kind of that same attitude like we don't care yeah don't do us so yeah, yeah I, I kind of love seeing that you know yeah that's really cool <laughs> that's the that's one of the many legacies that you're all going to leave behind um, you're still playing. We're yeah. getting to the end of this now, this yeah. interview. Yeah. And um, what's one goal that you want to achieve this year? Stay healthy. It's just tough. You know. Yeah. I think as long as I can pull that together, I'll be playing good tennis. I had fun in my last match. I had moments of brilliance, but I just couldn't pull it together. I was having so much fun that it was over. <laughs> Well, and also you were coming back from a pretty terrible ankle injury that you sustained. Oh, I know. I asked you this before, but I do want people to know, like, you played through such pain at the Australian Open and everyone's like, why is she doing this? I'm like, because it's Venus. (laughs) Like, she just won't, doesn't want to give up if she thinks there's a chance. Yeah, in my head, I think I can win this match. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to ever look back with any regrets, but those, even my loss, like 6-0, I didn't even realize it was kind of 6-0. In my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, next game. And then, you know, I'm close. It's 30 yards, deuce. I have chances. And, you know, hard to, hard I, would to... have, I would have never been able to play the next match. But it's hey, I was out there at that moment, you know. <laughs> it was it you, was pretty epic. You had so many admirers, though, because they were just like, God, she's just she just won't let it go. She just got to keep trying until the, till the last ball is hit. Those fat ladies. Well, you're, a, you're an inspiration in so many... Um, I want to. I want to give me one answer to some of your best rivals, Lindsay Davenport. Oh, I just loved watching her play. You know, and just such a pure game. Just even outside of playing her, which was always just battle royale, which was very different. She didn't. She didn't match up that well against Serena. 
but somehow against me, it was like her best tennis. But I, outside of that, I just loved watching her play. You know, it was just fun yeah. to watch her hit the ball. Hingis. Man, such like total opposites, just total opposites, you know, in terms of, you know, game style. Yeah. You know, but I think that's what made it interesting and yeah. exciting. Was like that kind of very different life. Very different. Very and she different. was fun to watch play too. Even when she was just playing doubles, it was just fun to watch her somehow win these points. Yeah. So I don't think you, you know, really appreciate the person until, you know, you're much older. I think as as a kid though, you know, I had like my sister and stuff, but she was out there by herself, you know. And I think I think she valued friendships with other players and I think she wanted to like even though you're playing against each other, she probably wanted to like connect in a, in a way as well, you know? Yeah. So I think it was like, I want to beat you, but I also kind of want to be your friend, you know? Yeah. I always got that vibe from her. From Hingis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would already had a friend on tour, so it was like I didn't actually need it. You so. had you had Serena. Yeah. And so Serena. you're like, I'm good. I'm good yeah. with my one friend. Not that we ever talked, but yeah, I think she would have enjoyed that. But that was that's just my opinion when she was a kid. Yeah. And so, yeah, of course you want to have friends, you know? Kim Kalisas. Um, I don't think we played that often, did we? I don't know. I don't think we played a lot. Justine Anna. I didn't play her often mm. either. I mean, I played her maybe like five times. What do you think of the game today in comparison to that period of time where it was like a Capriati, um, you know, you, yourself, Serena, Moresmo? Yeah. I mean, Hennen, Kalisas. I mean, the top ten was, cool. was pretty bloody impressive. It was impressive, especially when the USA had like four or five people to talk to. And I was like, it was like me, Serena, yeah, Monica, Monica, yeah, Lindsay was like, the flag was waving. It was awesome. Um, but know, like now, saying? like to, like comparative to the tennis now, the depth of tennis now, um, it's definitely much deeper. But I think in the sense that more that people are much more determined and. You know, at the time, I think people didn't have the self-confidence. So they would just say, oh, I'm supposed to lose the XYZ player. Mm. And now they're like, they probably still think that, but they're still trying, like, yeah. so hard. That's the, I think that's the biggest difference. And the courts have changed. You know, it's a lot slower. So if you're not as athletic, you can still get to the balls and things like that. So the courts were faster then. So yeah. if you were a real athlete and had more power then you were going to most likely wipe off white people off the face of the yeah. planet. And yeah. now, like Miami Open, and I was slow because I was, you know, still recovering. And I was like, I'm not going to get this ball. I got to the ball. I'm at the ball. You know, I'm like, yeah. what's happened? The court yeah. was so freaking slow. So yeah. if you're not a super athlete right now, you're still like in the equation. That's so interesting. Yeah. But, but if you're fit, you can hang in there. Yeah. You can I run think, every ball down. I think people are a lot fitter too. Definitely the, a lot better. Hence the reason you've still got to do the cardio and not the weights. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. <laughs> Fed Cup. Would you ever consider being the coach? No. Would you ever coach? I like working with young people. I think I'll, you know, I think maybe if I have a separation from tennis for a few years, maybe it'd be refreshing to come back on tour. I have no desire to win on a rain delay. <laughs> I don't care if it's your coach or whatever. I just, I'm done. I, want, I don't want to be there. And I already don't want to be there, you know, sitting on site for 10 hours. No. So I'll, I'll need a separation from that, I think. But I love being able to be on the court with young people. And actually, I like working with beginners. So I think I'd probably just do, like, grassroots stuff at home. And uh, you just wrote that article um, in Vogue, British Vogue. It was British Vogue, correct? Mm -hmm. um, about fighting, continually fighting for... No, women yeah, getting equal pay. I mean, yeah, is that a passion? Yeah. Is there going to be a passion for you until? Yeah, absolutely. And that's just something that we started was the privilege tax and um, fighting for equality for, for women, especially in the workplace. And, of course, all platforms. But, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just something we're going to do in March. We're just going to – it's something we restarted, and it's just gone really well. People have really been excited about it and gravitated toward it and want to – wanted to partner with us on it so it's definitely something we'll do throughout the years and you know do in a bigger way even next march and i'm definitely very um passionate about equality and about kids you know not everyone has a chance and 
even equality on the smallest levels, you know, the most minute levels are extremely important. If you don't have clean water, then you're going to be sick. You're sick. You can't go to school. You can't go to school. You can't get education. It's a domino effect. Just having the opportunity for clean water is so important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just being able to fight for equality on all levels is definitely something I'm passionate about and want to do more in and wish I even had more time to do, but all in good time. All in good time. All in good time. I guess. I'm still out here getting this insurance, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the... That's going to be the basis for this. Well, maybe you should be a politician. Maybe you should start no, you thanks. Know, getting I better. I don't play games too well. Really? No, I just, the... just got to keep it real. You keep it real. You've yeah. kept it real for the 30, 30 years that I've known you. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's really how long I've known you. So. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a pleasure. Um, I... Without question, loved and hated playing against you. <laughs> um, but I think more than anything, I've loved getting to know you more and more as we've gotten older as a human being. And um, for everybody at home that knows me and knows when I commentate your matches or when I talk about you or I write on Twitter or whatever it is, I always just tell everyone that you are truly one of my favorite people in the whole world. So, well, besides Serena, of course. <laughs> eh, she's just a little behind you. <laughs> I don't think she'll be happy to hear that. Well, you're first. You know, you're the oldest. You're closer than my age. That's fair. Not by much. (laughs) Anyway, um, I just, I love you to death and thanks for joining me on my little podcast. And that's it for this episode of the Racket Magazine podcast. Thanks for listening. Our host is Renee Stubbs. Our co-host and producer is me, Caitlin Thompson. Music by internationally renowned DJ Stretch Armstrong. Thanks to Tim Rogeri and the team at ACAST. Find us at racketmag.com slash podcast and subscribe to us at any of your favorite podcatchers.